0: Section 1 of The Char Woman's Daughter by James Stevens, published 1916. Chapters 1 and 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in March 2020. Chapter one Mary Make Believe lived with her mother in a small room at the very top of a big dingy house in a Dublin back street. As long as she could remember she had lived in that top back room. She knew every crack in the ceiling, and they were numerous and of strange shapes. Every spot of mildew on the ancient wallpaper was familiar she had indeed watched the growth of most from a greyish shade to a dark stain from a spot to a great blob and the holes in the skirting of the walls out of which at night-time the cockroaches came rattling she knew also There was but one window in the room, and when she wished to look out of it she had to push the window up, because the grime of many years had so encrusted the glass that it was of no more than a demi-semi-transparency of thin horn. When she did look there was nothing to see but a bulky array of chimney-pots crowning the next-door house and these continually hurled jays of soot against her window, therefore she did not care to look out often, for each time she did so she was forced to wash herself, and as water had to be carried from the very bottom of the five-story house up hundreds and hundreds of stairs to her room, she disliked having to use too much water. Her mother seldom washed at all, she held that washing was very unhealthy and took the natural gloss off the face and that moreover soap either tightened the skin or made it wrinkle her own face was very tight in some places and very loose in others and mary make-believe often thought that the tight places were spots which her mother used to wash when she was young and the loose parts were those which had never been washed at all She thought that she would prefer to be either loose all over her face or tight all over it, and therefore, when she washed, she did it thoroughly, and when she abstained, she allowed of no compromise. Her mother's face was the color of old, old ivory. Her nose was like a great strong beak, and on it the skin was stretched very tightly, so that her nose shone dully when the candle was lit her eyes were big and as black as pools of ink and as bright as the eyes of a bird her hair also was black it was as smooth as the finest silk and when unloosened it hung straightly down shining about her ivory face her lips were thin and scarcely coloured at all and her hands were sharp quick hands seemingly all knuckle when she closed them and all fingers when they were opened again Mary make-believe loved her mother dearly, and her mother returned her affection with an overwhelming passion that sometimes surged into physically painful caresses. When her mother hugged her for any length of time, she soon wept, rocking herself and her daughter to and fro, and her clutch became then so frantic that poor Mary make-believe found it difficult to draw her breath. But she would not for the world have disrupted the career of her mother's love indeed she found some pleasure in the fierceness of those caresses and welcomed the pain far more than she reprobated it her mother went out early every morning to work and seldom returned home until late at night she was a charwoman and her work was to scrub out rooms and wash down staircases she also did cooking when she was asked and needlework when she got any to do she had made exquisite dresses which were worn by beautiful young girls at balls and picnics and fine white shirts that great gentlemen wore when they were dining and fanciful waistcoats for gay young men and silk stockings for dancing in but that was a long time ago because these beautiful things used to make her very angry when they were taken from her so that she cursed the people who came to take them away and sometimes tore up the dresses and danced on them and screamed. She used often to cry because she was not rich. Sometimes when she came home from work, she liked to pretend that she was rich. She would play at imagining that someone had died and left her a great fortune, or that her brother Patrick had come back from America with vast wealth, and then she would tell Mary Make-believe of the things she intended to buy and do the very next day. Mary make-believe like that they were to move the first thing in the morning to a big house with a garden behind it, full of fruit trees and flowers and birds. There would be a wide lawn in front of the house to play lawn tennis in, and to walk with delicately fine young men with fair faces and white hands, who would speak in the French language and bow often with their hats almost touching the ground.' there were to be twelve servants six of them men servants and six of them women servants who would instantly do as they were bidden and would receive ten shillings each per week and their board they would also have two nights free in a week and would be very well fed there were many wonderful dresses to be bought dresses for walking in the streets and dresses for driving in a carriage and others again for riding on horseback and for travelling in there was a dress of crimson silk with a deep lace collar, and a heavy wine-colored satin dress with a gold chain falling down in front of it, and there was a pretty white dress of the finest linen, having one red rose pinned at the waist. There were black silk and stockings with quaint designs worked on them, in red silk, and scarves of silver gauze, and others embroidered with flowers and little shapes of men and women." When her mother was planning all these things, she was very happy, but afterwards she used to cry bitterly, and rock her daughter to and fro on her breast, until she hurt her. CHAPTER TWO Every morning, about six o'clock, Mary Make Believe left her bed and lit the fire. It was an ugly fire to light, because the chimney had never been swept, and there was no draught. Also, they never had any sticks in the house, and scraps of paper twisted tightly into balls, with the last night's cinders placed on them, and a handful of small coals strewn on the top were used instead. Sometimes the fire blazed up quickly, and that made her happy, but at other times it went out three and four, and often half a dozen times. Then the little bottle of paraffin oil had to be squandered. A few rags, well steeped in the oil, with a newspaper stretched over the grate, seldom failed to coax enough fire to boil the saucepan of water. Generally this method smoked the water, and then the tea tasted so, so horrid that one only drank it for the sake of economy. Mrs. Make-believe liked to lie in bed until the last possible moment as there was no table in the room mary used to bring the two cups of tea the tin of condensed milk and the quarter of a loaf over to the bed and there she and her mother took their breakfast from the time she opened her eyes in the morning her mother never ceased to talk it was then she went over all the things that had happened on the previous day and enumerated the places she would have to go to on the present day and the chances for and against the making of a little money at this meal she used to arrange also to have the room repapered and the chimney swept and the rat holes stopped up there were 3 of these one was on the left-hand side by the fire grate the other two were under the bed and mary make believe had lain awake many a night listening to the gnawing of teeth on the skirting and the scamper of little feet here and there on the floor her mother further arranged to have a turkey carpet placed on the floor although she admitted that oilcloth or linoleum was easier to clean but they were not so nice to the feet or the eyes into all these improvements her daughter entered with the greatest delight there was to be a red mahogany chest of drawers against one wall and a rosewood piano against the wall opposite a fender of shining brass "'with brazen furniture, a bright copper kettle for boiling water in, "'and an iron pot for cooking potatoes and meat. "'There was to be a life-size picture of Mary over the mantelpiece "'and a picture of her mother near the window in a golden frame. "'Also a picture of a Newfoundland dog lying in a barrel "'and a little wheat terrier crawling up to make friends with him, "'and a picture of a battle between black people and soldiers.' her mother knew it was time to get out of bed when she heard a heavy step coming from the next room and going downstairs a labouring man lived there with his wife and six children when the door banged she jumped up dressed quickly and flew from the room in a panic of haste usually then as there was nothing to do mary went back to bed for another couple of hours after this she arose made the bed and tidied the room and went out to walk in the streets or to sit in st stephen's green park she knew every bird in the park those that had chickens and those that had had chickens and those that had never had any chickens at all these latter were usually drakes and had reason on their side for an abstention which might otherwise have appeared remarkable but they did not deserve the pity which mary lavished on their childishness nor the extra pieces of bread with which she sought to recompense them she loved to watch the ducklings swimming after their mothers they were quite fearless and would dash to the water's edge where one was standing and pick up nothing with the greatest eagerness and swallow it with delight the mother duck swam placidly close to her brood and clucked in a low voice all kinds of warnings and advice and reproof to her little ones mary make-believe thought it was very clever of the little ducklings to be able to swim so well she loved them and when nobody was looking she used to cluck at them like their mother but she did not often do this because she did not know duck language really well and feared that her cluck might mean the wrong things and that she might be giving these innocents bad advice and telling them to do something contrary to what their mother had just directed the bridge across the big lake was a fascinating place on the sunny side lots of ducks were always standing on their heads searching for something in the water so that they looked like only half ducks on the shady side hundreds of eels were swimming about they were most wonderful things some of them were thin like ribbons and others were round and plump like thick ropes they never seemed to fight at all and although the ducklings were so tiny the big eels never touched any of them even when they dived right down amongst them some of the eels swam along very slowly looking on this side and on that as if they were out of work or up from the country and others whizzed by with incredible swiftness mary make-believe thought that the latter kind had just heard their babies crying she wondered when a little fish cried could its mother see the tears where there was already so much water about and then she thought that maybe they cried hard lumps of something that was easily visible. After this she would go around the flower-beds and look at each. Some of them were shaped like stars, and some were quite round, and others again were square. She liked the star-shaped flower-beds best, and next she liked the round ones, and last of all the square. But she loved all the flowers, and used to make up stories about them. After that, growing hungry, she would go home for her lunch. She went home down Grafton Street and O'Connell Street. She always went along the right-hand side of the street going home and looked in every shop window that she passed. And then when she had eaten her lunch, she came out again and walked along the left-hand side of the road, looking at the shops on that side. And so she knew daily everything that was new in the city and was able to tell her mother at night that the black dress with spanish lace was taken out of manning's window and the red gown with tucks at the shoulders and irish lace at the wrists put in its place or that the diamond ring in johnson's marked one hundred pounds was gone from the case and that a slide of brooches of beaten silver and blue enamel was there instead in the nighttime, her mother and herself went round to each of the theaters in turn and watched the people going in and looked at the big posters. When they went home afterwards, they had supper and used to try to make out the plots of the various plays from the pictures they had seen, so that generally they had lots to talk about before they went to bed. Mary make-believe used to talk most in the nighttime, but her mother talked most in the morning. End of Section 1